What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. Jace pulled up to the ranch headquarters and tried to act like his stomach wasn't in knots. This was the third ranch he'd been to looking for a job on a line shack. All he wanted was to be away from anything with two legs for as long as possible. The slamming of the truck door echoed in his mind from a week ago when his dad had yelled, Go on then! You're a no-account son and a wannabe cowboy. I never expected much from you and that's exactly what I got. Jace didn't have to touch his face to recall the bruise that had popped up from a hard ride his dad had given him. He didn't even see it coming. On that day, he had told his mom, a sweet yet cowardly woman, that he was thinking about heading out west to find a cowboying job. This seemed to upset his mom, but he knew that it had nothing to do with him. She was afraid of how his dad would take it. He knew exactly how his dad would react. It was the same thing every time. Jace would be put down and all his desires or aspirations would be ridiculed and made fun of. His dad would sneer at his dreams and tell him that he was worthless. Jace knew this probably wasn't true, but when you're constantly told something, you tend to start to believe it. His dad was a bully, not just to him, but in life. You don't have to be a big man to be a big bully. He had kissed enough tail at the road department where he worked to be made a crew foreman. If Jace knew anything, he figured that that was the worst thing you can do is to give a bully some authority. The road department suited his dad perfectly. He got to sit in a truck and drive around and tell everyone else how lazy and useless they were. While everyone else worked in the hot sun or cold wind, he would just sit around and invent accusations, much like a little girl makes up fairy tales in her mind while playing with dolls. Well, that probably wasn't a fair analogy, unless the girl was Molly Hatchet and the fairy tale was about death and dismemberment. And these workers were just men trying to feed their families, not dolls that their heads could be pulled off of for fun. He felt sorry for the men that worked under his dad, but those men had a choice and they could quit if they wanted to. Speaking of not quitting, his dad's attitude didn't quit just because the workday was over. Quitting time was when it got the worst. A stop by the liquor store was the daily routine of this cowardly man's attempt to make himself feel worthy and important. The alcohol didn't make him meaner. It just shushed his conscience so he could beat on his wife and kid without feeling too awful about it at the time and not remember it in the morning. That was just a bonus effect. Sometimes he did it with fists, sometimes with just words. Bruises healed. The other did not. It all came to a head on the previous Saturday morning. Unfortunately, it was the head that it came, it was his head that it came down on. Jace had been sitting in the kitchen table, eating frosted flakes and reading the latest edition of Western Horseman when his dad had come into the kitchen and knocked him out of his chair with a sucker punch. He had just put the spoon in his mouth when the punch landed. He knew that probably wasn't coincidence. The ringing in his head drowned out the first few sentences of the tirade that followed the assault. Jace didn't know if he was thankful for that or not. Sometimes the only difference in life is the difference in circumstances, not smells, 
The circumstances may differ. The stink of it does not. For a second, he was more mad about the milk and frosted flakes that covered his new magazine than he was about the cheap shot. He pulled himself to his feet and did his best to gain some semblance of self-respect. Just the mere fact that he could always stand up, no matter how hard his dad hit him or how bad it hurt, helped him get through the day. He had bowed up and nearly hit back one time. Before he could throw a punch, his dad had backhanded his mama for bearing him such a worthless child that would dare raise at his hands at a man that had provided everything for this family. The look in his dad's eyes said, You hit me, I hit her. Understand? With his feet family under, firmly underneath him now and not needing the support of the table, Jace's ears picked up the conversation being yelled at him. You think you can just leave here in that truck that I gave you and run off to play howdy-doody on some chicken farmer's outfit? Spit landed on the same cheek that now stung as his dad screamed at him. Jace knew it was pointless to bring up the fact that he had mowed lawns to get the entry fees to enter local bull riding jackpots. He'd scored a big win up in Dodge City and used those earnings to buy that old truck. His dad had a convenient way of reinventing the past to support what he was saying. Jace hadn't been allowed to leave home, even though he had graduated from high school four months prior. He figured it was because his dad wouldn't have two people to beat up and nothing was ever said about a bull rider with a black eye. People tend to question women with such injuries. The one time Jace had tried to leave home for good, his dad had walked over and stuck a knife in the front tire before he could pull away. With his dad still belittling him, Jace looked down and noticed the knife wasn't on his dad's belt. He hadn't planned on leaving today, but his saddle and his gear was in his truck from helping a neighbor the day before. He also had his bull riding gear bag, which always had an extra pair of clothes and cold weather garb for emergencies. There was really nothing stopping him from going, except being afraid. And Jace was tired of being afraid. Of all the things he dreamed of doing to his dad, there was only one that was final. The screen door spoke for him as he slammed it behind him. It did little to muffle his mama's sobs. He ignored the threats that flowed from the kitchen and set out to follow his dreams. His dreams of being a cowboy. He drove out of the driveway and never looked back. For the first time in his life, he felt the noose of fear slip just a bit and allow a tiny bit of air to come into a soul longing for a life without pain or condemnation. Many times he'd longed for the trap door to release, but his hangman of a father had been content to pull the rope tight enough to choke, but not tight enough to kill. He looked down at the orange stick that pointed toward 65 miles an hour and smiled. While his friends drove new Dodge Dooleys and double cab Ford pickups, Jason's truck was an 83 Chevy single cab without air conditioning or an intact muffler. He stuck his hand out the window and let it rise and fall on the wind as he bid adieu to everything that he would not miss. He briefly thought about all the friends he would be leaving. Those cowboys, if you could say that about the group of troublemaking drunks, were not really his friends. This group of young men were really just boys that were tied together by their mutual disdain of who they really were and their desire to shuck any responsibility for a life of convincing themselves and others of what they wanted to believe about themselves. It was a hard pill to swallow when he realized that the cowboys he hung out with 
were about as far from the real sense of the word as a person can get. Their idea of a cowboy was to wear boots and hats and sleep with every girl that you could get drunk enough, dip snuff, cuss, and fight. He had traveled that trail as long as he could stomach it. In the beginning, this was the way he thought real cowboys acted. But it wasn't long until every fiber of his being screamed that this wasn't it. He had initially sought the cowboy life as a means of escape from his father. The cowboy lifestyle, or the one that he had been inducted into, had allowed him a way to dish out some of that crap that he had been forced to swallow. It took him longer than he cared to admit, but ultimately, he realized that he didn't like what he was doing to himself or to others. This wasn't what real cowboys did or how real cowboys acted. Can I help you, son? The sound of the woman's voice caught Jace off guard. He blushed and wondered how long he'd been standing there looking at the mountains and not seeing anything but the pain that he had left or tried to leave back behind in Kansas. Uh, yes, ma'am, Jace mumbled and inwardly groaned at his su sudden lack of coherent vocabulary. Jace remembered his manners not taught by the older cowboys he'd hung around, but rather by instinct and took his hat off as he stood just outside the yard's gate. She was dressed in jeans. Even her shirt was made of the material. But her sweat-stained cowboy hat and friendly smile she wore told him more about her than the clothes did. She stepped off the porch and into the slightly green grass of the yard that was dotted with a few flowers that looked like they struggled more than thrived. The house was your typical ranch house. Not the Jace had seen many except the ones in Western Horsemen or John Wayne movies. It needed painted white again and probably wouldn't fall down if a new roof was put on. But, despite a little bit of upkeep, the house was inviting and told him that this was a place to lay your head at night. It didn't seem to have had too many daytime visitors, except for maybe a quick sandwich for lunch. The porch seemed to be the place used most. Jace could see a plate, flanked by a mason jar glass, sitting on a small table next to a comfortable-looking wooden rocking chair. The lady must have been sitting there eating when he drove up. The shade provided by the porch's roof combined with the trees diffusing the sun's midday light made the porch seem welcoming, even on the hottest days. The 40-foot trees, obviously planted to keep the summer sun off the house, spoke of the age of the place. They swayed in the wind as the, they rocked the leaves that were about to start to leave for the fall. There was an old tire swing hanging from one tree branch that hinted at kids that must have roamed the yard at some point in time. He wouldn't have bet a dead donkey that the frayed rope would handle more than 50 pounds. The chain-link fence that surrounded the house had lost the shiny silver look years ago. Now it stood with a rugged determination, not necessarily expecting success, but just an avid determination not to give up. Jace understood that fence, and he thought that that was weird. The woman approached him slowly and stopped just before the gate. She left enough room between herself and the gate to say that she would listen to him, but still enough room if he turned out to be some junked-out horn dog. She didn't seem frightened, but neither was she uh, inviting him in until she assessed his purpose. He thought he might have found a few words that might be able to relay what he wanted without seeming like a kid that had just ran away from everything. The last thing he wanted was to appear was to be a coward. He looked down at the hat that he held in his hands took a deep breath, and looked her straight in the eye. I'm looking for work, ma'am. 
Before she could turn him down like the other two ranchers did, he jumped in with both feet with honesty tied around his neck like an anchor. I don't need any money. I just need a place to learn how to be a cowboy. Jace looked down and sucked in a deep breath. And get away from a life that I no longer want to live or to endure. As he finished, he looked back into the woman's eyes and saw her read him like a book. It was one of those strangest feelings he'd ever had. The way she studied him felt like she'd taken his soul and opened it up like a kid's pop-up picture book and laid it right there on the hood of the truck. She didn't jump to conclusions either. As she turned each page and the picture unfolded, she took it for what it was, neither judging, approving, nor condemning. Jay somehow knew that this was the interview. It was an unspoken conversation, and the only way he could fail would be to look away and deny the truth. The woman opened the gate and Jay stepped to the side. There seemed to be something intentional or about her coming out to him instead of inviting him in. And his mind registered it, but couldn't make sense of it. She closed the gate and took a deep breath of her own. I've been running this ranch with my hard work and the generosity of neighbors since the spring. I have a cowboy coming that will take care of the back 40 through the winter. I've already pushed the cattle up there and I packed in enough food for two cowboys to last until spring. He's not as young as he used to be and Lord knows that that's no place for someone to be alone. I've been praying that I'd find somebody willing to go up there with him this winter. She seemed like she was going to say more, but then looked off at the same spot that had transported him somewhere else just minutes before. He sent me a letter saying that he'd be here in a couple of days. He should have already been here. I don't know what happened to make him late, and I'm not going to ask. I'm thankful for the help, late help or otherwise. She looked back at him, and what he saw made him excited and even a little bit apprehensive at the same time. I can't pay you anything until all the cattle come back from the winter pastures you'll be keeping them in. With every calf that dies, so does your pay. You'll be getting a small piece of what I get. I can't give you what I don't have. If you want a cowboy, here's a crash course. You in? Jace wanted to jump up and down and whoop like a schoolgirl. But he made himself keep a straight face and say something that might make him appear just a little more mature than he actually was. He stuck his hat back on his head and with a deeper voice than he normally spoke in, he said, that'll do just fine, ma'am. She stuck out her hand and smiled a little knowing smile that made him cringe inside and said, you'll leave horseback today. It's a two-day ride and you'll be leading two other horses. Take care of them because they'll be taking care of you all winter. Once the snows come, there's no way out until spring. I'll send my other guy up just as soon as he gets here. I'm sending you now because we got a storm rolling in and I want you up there with the cattle before he gets here. He may have to wait a day or two before he comes up. She took her hat off and wiped her brow with a denim sleeve. I didn't plan on any of this, so we'd better get the horses out of the trap and get you going. Do you have a bedroll? You'll be spending at least one night on the ground. Jace's mind was racing. He barely heard their question, and it wasn't until she slowed down and looked back did he think to even answer. Uh, no, no ma'am. 
I got my saddle and leggings as well as some clothes, but I, I left in somewhat of a fit, and I didn't get everything I probably should have. Mm, that's okay, she said with a dismissive wave. My husband's bedroll is in the tack room. He won't be needing it anymore, and he's always gave the shirt off his back to strangers anyhow. I doubt a bit he'd argue with, at all with you using it, even if he could. Jace didn't know what to say. He figured she really wasn't talking to him anyhow, so he just kept his mouth shut and kept up with her quick walk. They rounded a barn, and standing there was a sorrel horse that jerked his head up at the sudden appearance of the two. With a quick shake of his head to dislodge some vacation and flies, he cocked a left foot into a relaxed position and resumed his midday siesta. That's Blaze, she said. He was born here and has never been anywhere else. I've sent him up to the back 40 every winter since he was five. Jace looked him over from the outside of the pop corral. Why do you call it the back 40? The rancher's wife leaned down. She wasn't as tall as Jace, and instead of looking over the top rail, she crossed her arms on the next pipe down and breathed a heavy sigh as she gazed at the slumbering horse. It is 40 sections, or roughly 25,000 acres, of rugged mountain terrain and winter pastures. There's a small one-room cabin up there with no water and no electricity. That's where I spent my honeymoon. She was silent for a moment, and then resumed a memory from long ago. I was 17 years old. My dad was a military man, and we never stayed in one place very long. I met my husband in a local cafe a few hours from here. He was hauling cattle to a feedlot and had stopped in to eat. I'll never forget how he just walked up to my table where I sat with two friends, sat down, and asked me what my name was. She giggled, more in her shoulders than her voice, and continued. We sat there talking long after my friends took the hint and left. He said he'd be passing through every day for the next four days and asked if I would meet him at the cafe every, every day at lunch. My heart pounded with schoolgirl giddiness for that entire conversation and the next five that followed. And you know what? It didn't stop for the next 25 years. Blaze opened up one eye, blew his nose loudly, and started toward the pair by the fence. He was a perfect gentleman. He opened my car door after every lunch he bought us as he hauled cattle. When that was over, he wrote to me every day. And then in one letter, he asked me to marry him. Jace was entranced in the story. This was what he'd always pictured a cowboy's relationship should be like. Not a 12-pack and a bottle of Strawberry Hill in the backseat of a dooley after a rodeo. I received that letter the same day my dad said we were being transferred again. I told Dad that I wasn't moving again, and he told me I'd do what I was told, like I was one of his soldiers or something. And the subject was final. Little did he know that at the bottom of the last letter, my soon-to-be husband had said that he would be at our usual lunch spot the very next day. I could either show up and leave with him, or not show up and forget about him. But I had to choose one. What did your dad say about that? Jace inquired his own leaving still fresh on his mind. He didn't say anything. I left him a note and told him not to worry or look for me. I would be all right, and I would write to him come the springtime. We got married by a county official between here and there, and then the next day we saddled up and went to the back 40 for the winter. 
I didn't even meet his folks until we come down out of the mountains. I was pregnant, and I was also the happiest girl in the whole wide world. We lived in the bunkhouse over there for the first three years of our marriage. After that, his daddy passed away from pneumonia, and his mom went to live with a sister a couple hours north of here. She died not long after that. We moved into the ranch house and raised our two daughters. They married well and far off. They didn't want the solitary life of a cowboy anymore and found some boys at college, and they never came back. She stepped over and took a halter off a nail that was hanging on the barn wall. Blaze came back without his saddle on. Her tone had changed from one of fond memories to one of a lawyer stating facts in a courtroom. My husband had been to the back 40 to work on some fence. We found him at the base of the pass. He was dressed and looked like he was having a cup of coffee for breakfast. He was sitting on the ground, just leaned back against a rock. One hand was in his lap, and the other still gripped the tin cup. It even still had coffee in it. Jace was quiet as he listened to the testimony of the heartbroken witness. You know, he had a smile on his face. The only comfort that I can find is that he didn't die sick or hurting. We didn't do an autopsy or anything. Knowing how he died wouldn't bring him back. It would have just left me with a bunch of things that I might could have done to keep it from happening. Instead, we just buried him next to his mom and daddy out back. I'll never forget the sight of when I rode up. I called out to him because he was just sitting there. It looked like he just sat down, smiled, closed his eyes, and, and died. Some days I wish I could do that. An hour later, Jace was headed north into the mountains to his home for the winter. Those 40 square miles would be his world for the next four to five months. The reins of the sorrel horse he rode swayed in time with its steps. He watched them for a minute. Each back and forth motion carried him away from a life that he loathed and toward a life he hoped he'd love. There was no turning back. Not that he wanted to. He prayed that he would find a new purpose and a new life. So many days filled with pain. So many days filled with everything except purpose. So many days filled with misery. A new life was before him. A new trail that would take him places that he'd never been. A new way of life that he could be proud of when he laid his head down at night. And a new life he could be thankful for every morning when he woke up. Never once did it cross his mind to look back. Luke 9.62 No man who holds a set of reins and looks back longingly is fit for the kingdom of God. Hey, before you shut that knob off, let me tell you something. If you like today's program, we can all give a great big thank you to Western LLC. They're a turnkey development for oil and gas and aviation industries. You can get on the internet and visit them at westernllc.com. Also, Jim and Kelly Gerald at Integrity Auto Repair and Rod Denning at Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling. All of them out of Kiowa, Colorado. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. <laughs> okay, maybe every once in a while, but this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need your help to stay on the air and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. 
It ain't easy to ask, I promise you. We'll even tell all your friends that are listening that it's you that are bringing it to them. Help us out by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and contacting me. Call me and let's get this thing set up. Don't leave it to somebody else.